Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. An Erios production. Hi, I am reeling. I am alone in my house listening to your latest episode, Thank God You're Back. And I heard the news that Britney Spears sold her house after the spirits or whatever, and it was sold to Britney Murphy. I gasped out loud. I don't know what to do with this information. I am texting everyone I know. I want to have an emergency meeting of some kind. (sighs) Anyway, I just needed to let you know that that was Absolutely earth-shattering news for me. Thank you. Girl, I couldn't agree with you more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Two weeks ago, we were all shook to our core when I had makeup artist Julianne Kay on the show. And she told us a little story, and the story goes a little something like this. So Brittany lived in a house up on Sunset Plaza, and at one point, it's the home she shared with Justin Timberlake. You guys, there's a great photo shoot of Brittany and Justin in this house. They're sitting on the front stairs. They're canoodling. They're also eating Mexican food. There's lots of Pepsi cans, lovely product placement. It's a real dreamy photo shoot. So that's the house. Cut to Brittany and Justin. They're broken up. Brittany's living in this house alone. And after a weekend of partying, Brittany asked Julianne Kay to send her Reiki healer friend up to the house to work on Brittany. Later that night, Brittany calls Julianne and says that the healer opened up some sort of spirit portal and that she saw a couple, a man and a woman, fighting. She And it seemed like they were very disturbed. At one point, Julianne mentioned that maybe they were trying to throw Brittany down the stairs. Brittany was so upset by this, she left the house that night, stayed at a hotel, and never returned to the house again. She put the house on the market, and in 2003, Brittany Murphy bought that house. In 2009, Brittany Murphy died in that house. And five months later, Brittany Murphy's husband died in that house. So we're left with a couple of questions. The first being, is that house haunted? Or is it that Brittany 
saw into the future and saw Brittany Murphy and her husband being very disturbed in that house. So to answer some of these questions, or I guess to get curious and talk about these questions that I have, I have two guests on the show today, and that is paranormal researcher John E.L. Tenney and psychic Heather Abel. These conversations blew my mind. I loved every single second of these conversations. Now, John wanted me to mention something, and that is that paranormal speculations on the topics of mental and physical health are in no way meant to replace scientific-based and medically recognized health and wellness practices. So guys, what we're saying is, let's get curious. Let's have fun. Let's not fall off the rails here. Okay, we're gonna enter this as we would enter a haunted house, okay? Like a haunted hayride situation. We're gonna grip onto each other tightly. We're probably gonna squeal and scream at every spooky turn, but we're not uh we're not gonna get wild, okay? We're gonna try to we're gonna try to keep it, keep it cool, stick together, have each other's backs. Okay, without further ado, here are these two conversations. I am so happy that you're here to talk about my favorite person, Brittany. Um, and also, I'm very interested in all of the things that you do. I um, I was looking on your website, and it says, you know, you are uh, clairvoyant, you are a medium, you are skilled in tarot and palmistry. Am I saying that right? And healing. And I was wondering... Um, for those listening, if you could tell us a little bit about your background and the work that you do. You're so sweet. Well, um, if anyone's interested, basically I've been doing this since the age of five and I'm like a hundred years old now. So it's been a long ass time. I basically can read and it's organic and I've been doing it since I was born basically. So I believe it's something like, like Brittany has, she has the gift of singing, right? She has it inherently in her being. I feel that I have a psychic ability inherently in my being. So I'm from a little hippie commune an Indian reservation. My parents were hippies. They just let me do what I wanted and I have no boundaries and I'm kind of insane and I just do what I want. (laughs) Heather, how are you feeling during this past year and being so connected to the interconnectedness of everything and with these skills and gifts that you have, the world is, is turned up right now. Do you, do you feel that at all? Is, does that affect you at all? It absolutely does. It's been really hard, but I felt that I need to be there for others more importantly than Um, anything else. And my clients have increased greatly because of the pain that's in everyone's hearts and the struggle that is um, isolation. And for me in the beginning, especially my heart was aching for single people because how would you like to be isolated alone and single 
wanting love in your life, you know, and I get real deep on it on an individual level. My, my abilities are really about the individual, not world events. I do predict world events and things like that, but I'm, I'm mostly empathetic and really deep on a personal level with people. So I immediately went to single people and just thought, fuck, that's gotta be hard. You know, that, that really hit me the hardest. And then I'm a loner. I love being alone. I love being isolated. (laughs) And in LA, I tend to stay inside anyway, because LA is so aggressive and such a gnarly city. You know, I love it, but I need that solace. So I stay in, I do my readings and I'm just here to make everyone feel good and positive and strong during this time. That's amazing. Who is Brittany to you? Do you have any like first memories of Brittany? Were you a fan of her music? Okay. So I was a punk rock kid. I'm a rocker. I loved, and then alt rock grunge, all these things. But when Brittany came out with the Rolling Stone cover with the schoolgirl outfit with the Teddy, was it a teddy bear? Uh, you know, I was like, this girl is so fucking cool. Because she said, screw you to everyone and was basically living her truth. And I'm all about living your truth. And she was so damn adorable, right? And I went that night to this bar in Los Feliz called Eurustic. It's like this kind of grungy uh, hipster bar. And it happened to be Halloween. And this woman was like this 40 year old rocker girl and she had dressed like Britney in that same outfit. I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. It has reached it is it's reached the masses. Britney is everywhere. You know what I mean? And like yes. we've all embraced her, whether you're a rocker or a rapper or this or that. Britney is everywhere and she is in our zeitgeist and we love her. It's like, okay, I'm a rocker, right? But she's still fucking cool to me, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. I I could not agree with you more. There's something about Brittany where she really has an effect on people in a way that other, you know, teen pop stars at the beginning of their career don't. Like, she really is, she's universal. She's universal. And she's very... um I don't know. She's quirky. She's sensual. She's, I mean, she's just like all of the things wrapped in into one. And I wanted to ask you about Brittany's Instagram. I haven't seen it. I wanted to stay raw for this and just uh, intuitively vibe off of everything. So I've stayed pure for this. I love that. That that's perfect. What I can, what I can tell you is When I look at Britney's Instagram, I find a lot of her posts to be really mystical. And what I mean is there's a lot of pictures of nature, a lot of pictures of roses, stars, angels, um, fairies, the moon, um, the ocean. She'll she'll, uh, pose questions to her followers where she'll ask them, you know, who finds the sea to be more mysterious than space? And... We talked to a makeup artist who Brittany had worked with um, for four years, and she was saying that Brittany will 
always asked the deeper questions like in life what is what is the meaning of life she would want to sit down and really talk about you know the planets and she just goes deep really quickly and to me i read that as Brittany having a solid grasp on again that interconnectedness of the universe in a way that many of us don't and i was just wondering if you like what what do you think when i talk cuz i don't have the skills that you have and i think that sometimes people kind of think that's Brittany being like quirky or silly and I'm like, I actually think she's really grounded and really connected to this world more than most of us. And I guess, I mean, I could just be hypothesizing, but it was just one piece of it that I really wanted to get your take on that. So prior to reading a client, I do a meditation and I ask God, I say God, but you can say universe, whatever. I ask God to give me messages about the person. And I was sitting, I have this painting in my office I painted, and it's of pink roses. And it's called Pink Roses. <laughs> but, ooh, <laughs> crazy. But anyway, so I'm sitting under my painting of pink roses. And all of a sudden, there was this showering of pink roses above my head, like falling on me. And I was like, wait, that is Brittany's symbol, a pink rose. And so the fact that you just said roses is like blowing my mind. I don't know if they're pink, but in my meditation, it was like this showering down of pink roses. And so when you say, is she tuned in? The answer is yes, right? Because she sent me that vision is what I believe, right? Because we're all connected mentally, right? We send each other vibrations. We send each other messages. I mean, this is probably going to sound so ridiculous to you, but like uh, I've connected with consciousness experts and people who are into this stuff. Um, I don't get that into it because I just naturally flow. But when you really start to think about it, it's all energy, right? So um, there's a theory that I believe, which is consciousness exists after death, right? So it's like we continue to have feelings and vibrations and everything else. And we are basically not of our bodies, right? It's the mind. So it's pretty cool stuff. So basically, Brittany, when I look into her eyes, there's something called bruja, which is like witch, <laughs> you know, like mystical, like a uh, seer, right? And when I look into her eyes, when she's in an interview or something, I see her looking at the spirits, looking at the fairies, looking at the universe with eyes of a seer and a seer is a psychic or um, someone who's tuned in. So it, when you ask me, I actually think she has psychic ability and that she is a, a spiritualist. Absolutely. And I'm sure she grew up with religion, like traditional, probably Christianity or something. Right. But after that, you can, can sort of move toward 
spirituality because you're seeking more. And also when you have such a chaotic life, you have to learn to anticipate things before they happen. So it's like you sort of train yourself to be a bit psychic. You know what I mean? You have a a scary dad, you have a a crazy life of fame and, and, and chaos and you don't know what's going to happen next, right? So you have to learn to anticipate things. With Brittany being in this conservatorship, she's been in this for 12 years now, and the Free Brittany movement is so alive and well, and there's so much energy collectively for Brittany to to be free. Like we want this, Brittany fans want this for her so badly. And now since this documentary came out, it seems like everyone is finally on board and and wanting her to have agency over her own life. Do you see anything? Are you picking up on anything? Absolutely. Um, so August feels like a really good time for her to sort of, have her come back. And August 19th feels like an auspicious date. Um, so basically everything is, is gonna, there, there will be uh, a resurrection. There will be a sort of come up. It's because of this film, there will be, there will be a, a, a nice, good ending to all this. So I, I I don't know how, you know, but there there's going to be a happy ending. I think that there are so few, um, especially musicians, pop stars, even actors, celebrities as a whole, who still are able to remain mysterious. Even though Britney has an Instagram account, like you look at it and you try to understand what she's saying, what she's talking about. And so many of her fans, um, there's a, a whole subgenre of people who are trying to figure out, you know, is she sending us messages? Um, you know, she, we said if she needed help wear yellow and the next day she wore yellow um, or she walks past the camera this many times and that means SOS, she's asking for our, our help. And there are just are so few people who are still mysterious to us. And I, I don't know. I just think that Brittany's one of those people. Well, I mean, with her, I see her spirit animal is there. There are several animals. One is the bee. And it's like, she's this busy little bee buzzing around looking for someone to join her or love her. It's like, she's, 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 alone you know like there's no one to love her I don't know if she has a boyfriend but that's like for some reason the only person I see that's next to her does she have a boyfriend yes right his name is Sam he seems to be a good guy to me yeah seems good to me too like the other B right the other B she's represented by the beads so I'm like I said, I'm Native American. I see these spirit animals. And, and then it's like, then there's this other spirit animal, this other totem, which is dolphin. And dolphin, first of all, is psychic. Number two, friend to all, right? 
and playful. So she's not being able, she's not able to play and be friends and be psychic and just be in her own element right now because the father, right, is the bear and the bear exists in the cave plotting and thinking and making up ploys to do things and then comes out, attacks, then goes back into the cave, right? I don't know if it's a bad man. I don't know. Everybody has good qualities. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it can be restrictive to have a bear, which is a different habitat as a parent when you're the playful dolphin, right? A a dolphin and Britney Spears, this seems like they go hand in hand. For sure. She loves the ocean. She's super playful. She psychic, like we were saying. Um, her favorite places are Hawaii or the Turks and Caicos. Like this all checks out to really? me. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. I just, I know you're probably like, bitch, you should have checked out Britney Spears. But I'm like, I wanted to be pure on this and just read her energy purely, you know? So... Um, but also she's covered in sparkles. I mean, that's a given. <laughs> yes. Since the toxic video, for sure. For sure. And right, her dad right, in right, sparkles. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> is there anything else that is coming up for you when thinking about, about Brittany? Well, I think on a, on a personal uh, observation, I think that our cultural zeitgeist is much more uh, empathetic and sympathetic to women and to what we're sort of going through. And it's, I think, less sexist now. And it's like, so I think there is, is, is like this sort of real sympathy for her, hopefully, you know, and that we can, we can help her. I mean, um, I'm all for, you know, free Britney. And, and, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm not even in that scene, but, and, and, and I have yet to see the documentary. I can't wait to see it after speaking to you. And I, I really do feel that the cultural zeitgeist is a little more uh, sensitive these days. And I think that's to her advantage. Heather, do you believe in that, um, like that collective consciousness of if there are so many more people now who are thinking about Brittany, feeling for her, do you believe in that, you know, if there's someone I don't even know thousands of miles away from me and we're all thinking about Brittany and sending her love, do you believe that that effect? God, yes. Absolutely. It's all energy. Um, I'm big on quantum theory, quantum physics, uh, the power of positive thought, the power of a prayer circle. I mean, I'm, you know, religion gets a really bad rap or whatever, but I'm not, I'm not pissed off at religion. I mean, think about a prayer circle, a prayer circles work, you know, how do you explain that? It's the power of collective thought, you know? Yes. I'm not yes. mad at that. Well, this is, <laughs> no, I'm not mad at that either. That, <laughs> that is inspiring me for sure to light my candles yep. for Brittany, you know, uh, have the incense going, mm-hmm. the, you know, smudging, doing all of that for her in meditation for Brittany. Oh God. Yeah, um, absolutely. God bless her, you know, little critter. She's given us, she little critter. She's given us so much. I love that. I'm going to start calling her a little critter. 
<laughs> for sure. Do you have any advice for people going through a tough season in their life, facing adversity for Brittany in these moments of what what to do and how to move through them? Well, firstly, uh, who gives a fuck what anyone thinks, you know? I mean, I think the worst thing we can do to ourselves is worry about what other people think, you know? And I think she's at a point where she doesn't care either, you know? And and that really kind of can ruin us is when we we exist in ego and when we exist in, in guilt and when we exist in shame. And I think she's beyond that, which is beautiful. Um, but I think she needs courage now. She needs the courage to, to, to heal and come out and, and entertain us again, you know? And I think all of her fans and, and everyone are, are going to kind of give her that strength. And I think the, the legal system or whatever it is she has to go through to be free, um, it, all the gods are going to shine down upon her. And she will be free and she will be uh, unafraid and she will shine again. Ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, John, you are a paranormal researcher. Is that correct? Yes. I've spent 30 years investigating any and everything strange. I started out wanting to go to college to study folklore and why people believe what they believe. And then I dropped out of college to work on unsolved mysteries back in the nineties and just took no off. From way. There. That's so interesting. How long were you working on that show and what was that like? 
I worked for two seasons and it was basically just like a remote, uh, I guess they, they called us scholars, but we were really just researchers. And so they had us all over the country investigating cases that, you know, and then submitting ideas and then they'd run with them if they thought they were good. But it was fun. I mean, I got to go out to California as a younger man and I got to meet Robert Stack and it's it's Unsolved Mysteries. So it's like become iconic. I never thought it would end up being as huge as it has become. And when you're working on that show throughout that time, what were the similarities that you saw? Or I guess like any through lines where you're like, you know what? People are like this. This is what I learned about. Oh, I guess that you know when it comes to so the first few seasons of unsolved mysteries are just kind of true crime and missing persons and then when i came on board is when they really started to dig into ufos and hauntings and monsters and that type of stuff and and really early on i was exposed to the idea that when it comes to anomalistic paranormal or supernatural phenomena we can make very personal judgment calls on saying like, well, that's not real and that's not real. But the what seems to be the actual reality is that no one has any idea what's going on, if any of these things are true or not. And it really does come down to individualized perception and ideas of what's real and what isn't. Yes. And this is a perfect segue into what we want to talk to you about today. And that is Britney Spears and an experience that she had while owning a home on Sunset Plaza. So I had someone come on the show a few weeks ago and she worked with Britney Spears. She was um, her makeup artist for four years and they were very close friends at that time. Britney Spears had a weekend where she partied really hard and wanted to unwind and asked for a Reiki healer to come to her house. The Reiki healer arrives, works on Brittany, and Brittany calls her makeup artist friend and says, something happened. Some sort of spirit portal was opened. I saw a couple fighting. They tried to throw me down the stairs. It was a man and a woman. And I'm leaving the house right now. She went and stayed at a hotel that night, and she never returned to the house again. She put it on the market. And she sold that house to Brittany Murphy and her husband. And Brittany Murphy and her husband both ended up dying in that home. And her husband, before he died, but obviously, but uh, right after Brittany Murphy died, he said that she hated that house. She wanted to move um, to New York City. And she, on their way home, would always say, can we please stay at the Beverly Hills Hotel? I don't want to go home. And that also, the only room in the house that Brittany Murphy liked living in was the bathroom of that home. That she would journal in that house, spend all of her time in in, in that room. Um, and oddly enough, though, that's the room she ended up dying in. So since then, the house has been torn down. It's been uh, rebuilt. It's, I believe, on the market now. And that's what we know. That's that's all we can find. And so I just want to hear your take on all of this. Yeah. Wow. That's all super crazy. I didn't know any of that. That's, I mean, I knew about Brittany Murphy and her husband dying, but 
I didn't know that that was a house that Brittany had a haunting in. It's a, a lot of times, so to start at the very beginning, so a lot of times when people uh, are going through either a large anxious period of time or trying to relax and deal with some maybe personal trauma or issues and they go to a spiritualist, whether it's a healer, a, a Reiki practitioner, a, a shaman, whatever, uh, people will have an experience where they think they have become more open spiritually. That That is pretty typical. Uh, I think that stems just from most people not really deep diving their own personal thoughts and their spirituality. Like a lot of people are just raised with a religion or a spiritual belief and they never, that's just embedded in them. And then, yeah, maybe they toy around with the ideas, but they never really let go. But in a Reiki situation, especially, you're made to relax totally. Uh, there's something that's not, you know, traditional Judeo-Christian going on. And it opens, it seems to open people's perceptions of maybe a larger awareness. Now, so then she has a, a kind of opening and clarity into a larger spiritual world. And she says she sees these ghosts that are in the house or, or entities or spirits or whatever. So it, when as a ghost researcher and a person who investigates this stuff, one of the things that isn't often talked about on shows because it's kind of boring uh, to try and get it across on television. You know, uh, ghost shows are, here's a demon, here's a haunted house, here's something scary. I mean, that's just the nature of television. The reality is, is that most people who say that they have a haunted house or they have a ghost in their house are absolutely fine with it. They know it's there. Uh, some people know that they're, they have ghost pets. Like I have a ghost cat in my house that I hear walk around up and down the stairs and jump on the bed. And everybody's fine with it. It's those instances when someone says, oh, there's something in the house and it feels negative toward me. What we talk about that isn't, again, like I said, something that gets talked about a lot on the shows is that is a lot of the time our personal feelings being applied onto a strange situation. So we have difficulty dealing with human beings that are sitting right across from us that we can talk to and see and interact with and get information like body language from. So when you're experiencing kind of non-corporeal uh, entities that don't communicate properly, that can seem like, oh, super scary, when the reality is they might just be sad, they might just be lonely. You are putting all your perceptions on them, but they are very freaky if you've never experienced anything like that before. Um I am assuming that at this time, Brittany was probably going, was she going through a lot of personal stuff too at that time? Yes. She had just broken up with Justin Timberlake uh, and a family member of hers had passed away who she was close with. Her parents were splitting up. So this was this time when Brittany was really um, partying, having fun, trying to Again, this is all assumption, but right. numb herself from these things that originally had defined her identity, and now she was on her own, so right. to speak, in a new way. So just like you said, so she's in the process of numbing herself to everything. Then she does this thing that awakens all of those things that she's trying to put down and maybe does have a spiritual awakening and, and starts to experience a kind of wider reality. 
And that in and of itself can be shocking. I mean, it can shake your paradigm that all of a sudden the world is bigger than just me and my problems. All of a sudden there's all this stuff that might be going on that I'm only catching a glimpse of. And that can be shocking. And then, so there, in another idea with haunted houses is that a lot of the times what happens is, is the shock of seeing a ghost. So we talk about ghosts being energies that are kind of left over from people sometimes, a residual haunting. You'll hear people say that, that a ghost leaves an imprint. But what you don't get taught, what doesn't get talked about a lot is the, a person will see a ghost and that will have such a, such a psychic impression on the experiencer. They leave an echo in the house. So Brittany sees a, a couple fighting a ghost. And it scares the shit out of her. Am I allowed to swear? I'm sorry. Yes, you are. You're good. <laughs> it scares the shit Perfect. out of her. And in that moment, her energy of being scared and frightened and freaked out is transferred out into the house. So now not only is there the impression, the original impression of the husband and the wife, but now there's this extra energy of freak out. You don't get it as the shape and form of Britney Spears. You just get it as the overwhelming sense of, oh, oh crap, something is happening and this is terrifying. And then that actually becomes larger than the original haunting itself. So like if Britney moves out, now you've got this house that not only has ghosts in it, but it has this psychic shockwave from Britney Spears, hugely popular, going through a huge traumatic time, very powerful quote-unquote energy from her and she leaves this reverberation in the house that for anybody else that comes in is going to feel it you know we people always say like oh you know ghosts and psychics and stuff it's very touchy-feely and it's all in your mind or whatever but every single person has experienced like walking into a bar or restaurant or someone's house and immediately you're like this place sucks there's no like information transmitted to you, you walk in or you meet someone and you're like, this person's great. But there is some kind of energy that we get. There is some kind of information that we pick up at a different level that tells us this place is good or bad. I mean, again, that might even just be an evolved trait, predator, prey, staying alive over millions of years. But now you have Brittany's house with a horrifying shockwave inside of it. So Brittany Murphy and her husband move in and all of a sudden there is a similar energy to Brittany Murphy, hugely popular, Hollywood star, well-recognized. And so now there's this energy that bouncing around of fright and shock and fear. And it, it almost feels like Brittany Murphy. And so I can see how she would be uncomfortable in that place. Do you believe in dark energy being connected with spirits, ghosts, that they can possess dark energy? So I think what happens a lot, we talk sometimes about uh, uh, some of the things that I'll be saying, again, like I said, you won't hear on television shows just because they're a little too heady for paranormal reality television. But there is a concept in the paranormal ghost hunting psychical research community that are called like tulpas and agrigores and thought forms. And this is the idea that if you think about something enough, it starts to manifest and it starts to grow. And it wasn't anything before. It was solely created by someone thinking about it. And so 
you can have like if people tell tales about haunted house in your neighborhood over 30 or 40 years of all the little kids looking at that house telling stories about that house that house will become haunted and so you have a place like Brittany's old house and you have Brittany Murphy totally talking like I hate this place I hate it and she's feeding into this thought form she's feeding into this energy that's there and she's only feeding it negativity so that's all it knows so that's all it's going to want because it doesn't know it can have anything else because it's not a thing until you create it and so now it's drawing negativity to it it doesn't mean it's necessarily evil from the get-go it just means that that's what it knows and so that's what it's being like the law of attraction uh to a certain degree yeah I know that all of this sounds totally insane, but like it's it's things that people should think about because we go through our everyday life like and things just happen to us and we say like, oh, that was just a random event or that was a coincidence or whatever. But I mean, the dictionary definition of a coincidence are seemingly uh, related events which are related for no seemingly discernible reason, which is a bullshit answer. That means a coincidence happens for a reason that we don't know why. And so it's a way to brush off all of the strains that they have. There's no reason why when you break up with someone, every song that you hear for the next two days is a sad song. Like those are little like keys that something strange is happening to you and that you can affect change, that you can smile and make yourself feel better, that you can drop your shoulders and hang your head down and you will feel worse. And when you go into a location, and I've seen this thousands of times across 30 years, locations become more haunted as they get investigated because ghost hunters will go into them and they'll say like, how did you die? Was it horrible? Was it terrible? And then the thing in the location is like, this is what they want. I'm going to give it to them. This all checks out to me. I actually live in a house that uh, began as a hunting cabin in Los Angeles. And then a famous musician bought the house in the late 60s. And the house has kind of become famous for just existing and being this house. So a lot of people drive to the house, they take pictures from the driveway, they leave notes in the mailbox. And we've received so many love letters to the house and how we got the house, we wrote a love letter to the house. I mean, so I do, I do see what you're saying when I stand in the house and there's someone in the driveway and they're looking lovingly at the house, you feel the love. Right. And then when the pizza guy comes and he peeks in the living room, he's like, whoa, this house. Now this guy doesn't know any, the history of this house. Mm -hmm. And you just say, yeah, it's pretty neat. Huh? Thank you for the pizza and goodbye. I'll see you later. But it is a collective energy. So you wonder is the pizza guy having this reaction because there's some sort of spirit protecting this house? Or is it just that this house has been receiving this kind of energy and therefore he picks up on it when he comes to deliver the pizza? Right, exactly. And in the case of Britney Spears's house, she leaves that imprint in there. And then the next Britney into the house feeds it. And it gets worse and worse. And I mean, you know, whatever the circumstances are behind Brittany Murphy and her husband's death. I mean, that's a strange situation as well. And also I 
I do believe that certain people are more open to receiving and putting energy out. And I do believe that Britney Spears is a person who is constantly asking questions and wanting to know the deeper meanings of things from the many people that I've talked to who have known her throughout her years. They all say this about her. She gets right to the deeper questions. You know, what is life really about? And she's tapped in to wanting to know more about everything surrounding her. And I think that some people are more connected. They're more tapped in. Sure. Or do you find that to be true? Yeah. I think we, when we talk about psychics and uh, when I talk to psychics, one of the things that's discussed all the time is like, we all have the ability. We It's just some people, what for whatever reason, are a little more tapped into it. Some people can be trained into it. Um, but it's there. It's It's kind of this latent ability that's in all of us. Really quickly, when you were talking about Brittany, one of the things I was thinking about too is in that idea of talpas and thought forms and aggregors, this kind of collective uh, ability for people to put information or create something. Um, what's interesting is we do see that happening as paranormal researchers. We can see an example of that happening with people like Britney Spears, because everyone is looking at her, because everyone is creating an idea about her. She actually becomes a tulpa. She becomes a thought form. And then her real personality becomes overwhelmed by what the collective thought form is of her. And now you have battling personas within one individual because here's what everyone in the world is thinking about her and, and putting that energy on her. And then who she really is, you know, one person has to be stronger than tens of millions of people all looking at her, thinking about her. I mean, you creating shrines to her, wearing her, talking, saying her words. And that, again, creates another form of, of personalized thought form. Oh, my God. Oh, geez, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> so this house, now that it's been torn down, rebuilt on the market, do spirits remain on a property when the structure is torn down? It's it's very hit and miss. I mean, we don't, again, no one knows what ghosts and spirits are. When I say ghost and you hear ghost, you and I are both thinking different things. We can kind of agree it's this wispy, maybe a dead person thing. But it, it is hit and miss because a lot of the times properties can be torn down and then the ghosts go away. And sometimes that's because no one knows what happens there. And so it's not being fed anymore. And so it goes somewhere else to look for whatever it needs, whatever kind of nourishment or energy that it needs. It, it goes to the next place. Um, but sometimes it seems that there is an impression that's made that doesn't go away for a long time. Uh, but that, when you get into kind of the science behind it, that's where ghosts get really wonky because if someone sees a ghost walking around on the third floor of a house and then you tear the house down and you build a two-story house, is there still a ghost like walking around on no third floor of the house that exists now? Is it just like floating 30 feet up in the air, walking back and forth through doors that aren't there anymore? Or does it all of a sudden go like, oh, there's not a house here anymore. I got to go down the floor and walk around there. 
So like, that's where it gets really wonky with ghosts. I think, especially in a place like California, I think that when you tear a house down and rebuild, like there's so much energy put into rebuilding the house and there's a care, there's, um, you know, a lot of thought and, and kindness that goes into building a house because, you know, someone's going to live there. We have to make it structurally sound. And I feel like a lot of the times that building process overwhelms any negative energy that might be there. Thinking about Brittany as this idol and all of this energy moving towards her, it seems like that some that is something that could drive a person crazy. Oh, it could over or overwhelm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that a lot of the times when people hear stories of like possessions and like demons taking over people, I think a lot of the time that that is actually just a thought form that's kind of put on a person. It's an extra layer of personality. A lot of the times you'll see people who are possessed, who quote unquote possessed, who uh, have addiction issues and aren't living the greatest life. And their whole family is thinking how terrible that person's life is and putting it on that person. And then that person, again, has their own personality that doesn't necessarily want to be like that. But everyone surrounding them in their day-to-day thoughts is like, their life is terrible. They're a horrible person. They got to get over it. They're not doing the work. And that's feeding this thought form. And I feel like a lot of the times with very public and well-known personas, this is why you get personality issues with them because there is this larger personality that's collectively created around them. Not to be, not to get too far off, Brittany, but I always think like one of the good examples that we talk about in kind of magical and witchcraft and tulpa thought form paranormal circles, and I don't mean to be political, but we talk about Trump as a thought form. Like we think that that's what happened too. Like everybody had this idea of like rich, wealthy businessmen, uh, very popular, very well-known, whatever, whatever. And then that created a whole nother persona that people are still locked into now without realizing that there's just a person there. Yeah. And everyone's off to the races. So there's no coming back and kind of flipping the switch the other way. Right. Because of all of that collective energy. Wow. And for a person like Brittany, I feel like she does these things which are very kind of necessary, which is like she retreats. And at first, like that creates another burst of like, what's going on with her? Where's she at? Where'd she go? But then like the media does move on and she reclaims herself and then shows back up again. And she's Brittany, right? And it's great. And then all of a sudden people are like, but she's fat. She doesn't look good in that outfit. Boom, 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 boom. And then all of a sudden that persona comes back, fights her, and she has to go away again. Uh, so meanwhile, she's just doing this to protect herself and her energy. Yes. She does seem sensitive to the energy of those around her. Absolutely. That's the, the other thing that I've noticed is in talking to all of these people who have known Brittany throughout time is that she's very affected by who she's spending her time with. Mm -hmm. And not to say that she's gullible, but she's just sensitive to the energy and she can kind of go with the flow and in a lot of positive ways, but then it can also lead to a lot of chaos, tragedy um, as well. And I think that going back to when she was in this house and when she had this experience, that 
she was alone in a lot of ways. You know, she had shared that home with Justin Timberlake and he had moved out. And now here she is starting this new life and maybe getting involved with people and things that she that didn't really serve her. Um, And and it was while she was trying to retreat and protect herself. It it is so it's so interesting how the energy of others really can affect us. Would you consider that being an empath? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that people who are empaths, I think Brittany is probably one of them. I think a lot of Hollywood stars are probably very empathetic, whether they recognize it or not. I think that makes good performers because they can feed off of a crowd. Um, they feel the energy. You can sense them on stage and they can radiate it out because they're absorbing so much from all the people surrounding them. And so I I do think that you find that a lot in the entertainment industry. And I think that Britney is probably one of those people. I find it very interesting now that I'm thinking about Britney and talking about her as a kind of collective thought form in Aggregor. I think it's interesting that one of her most popular songs is called Toxic. And like, it's almost like her saying like, you are all toxic to me. Like, I'm going to be famous, but you are all toxic. Like you're you're killing me. I met her backstage at a meet and greet at her Vegas show, and I walked away thinking I contributed to this. It didn't feel good. Yeah. I left feeling dirty. Hmm. I'd put my hand on the small of her back, and I just thought to myself, I don't think she wants to be here, and. I I feel like I contributed to her state of being right now. Like I, I, it just didn't feel good. And it is hard too because now with the way that social media is and the way that information is exchanged, like you can't retreat anymore. You know, Brittany used to be able to re- in the you know early two thousands. Like she could retreat, and then the like I said, the narrative would change and shift. Somebody would new would come on the scene, and people would kind of forget about her every now and then. They talk about her, but now twenty years later, when you retreat, that becomes as big a story as being out in the public. Now people want to know what's happening to you, and so by not being there, uh, you create a larger story too, which creates another layer to that thought form and that talpa. So I think that she's kind of trapped in that situation. And the added layer of her being in this conservatorship, she is not allowed to choose who she spends her time with. She needs to have permission in order to do anything in her life. And I think that she is a person who needs to collaborate and be with people. And so the only way to do that where she does have access to people is through social media to still connect with her fans, connect with the world. And yet when it doesn't feel good or she's taking time for herself, again, the mob, we're all then kind of mining for clues. You know, how does Brittany really feel if she's not talking to us? That means she's asking for our help. It's all of these uh, contradictions within, you know, the, right. the, the fandom. It's and and she has been the subject of many conspiracy theories over the last year. 
And I think that's also a new wave in our culture Mm -hmm. um, as a whole. And so I'm just really blown away by everything that you're saying when it comes to energy. Also, with all of the work that you've done and understanding uh, energy, what we give is what we we get or what you, uh, you know, all the things that we've been talking about. It seems like this would allow you to be very grounded and to not get where I'm from. We call it jitzed up very easily. Is that true? Uh, I think so. I So, again, over the years, I've met a lot of people and gone to a lot of strange places. And so my friends know that, like, we talk when my friends talk about my house and they talk about me, they talk about my force field. Like, psychics don't get good readings on me. Empaths can't pick up what my feelings are. Uh, People always ask me if my house is haunted. I've ever had anything follow me home, but I don't. And I think that over the years, I've learned to kind of let it all reflect off of me because I don't want it. I'm just going to be who I am. And I, I do think that that grounds me. I think that sometimes that short circuits my ability to be able to, like, have paranormal experiences going into a place and I'm so grounded stuff is like, I'll just leave them alone. It's, it's, it's not going to, we're not going to get to them anyway. Um, One time I had to kind of pull down what I call this force field at my house. Some some of my friends were over, they want to do a Facebook live event with a haunted object that I have in my house, which is this haunted mannequin head that I found underneath a shopping mall. And, um, (laughs) and I bet there's some real good stuff in there. It's, it was weird. Um, and so I was like, well, we can't do it in my house because it's the force field, so it wouldn't be able to talk to us. And they said, well, just pull the force field down off the back of your house. And I was like, I've never done that before. I've lived here for a long time. I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I kind of moved my force field off the addition of my house so we could do this Facebook Live. And within an hour of kind of moving this quote-unquote force field off of my house, um, my the crawl space of my house flooded. The foundation of my house cracked just at where the force field had been moved away from. The whole ceiling cracked across the top. Like bricks were popping. It was insane. Like something, like everything was trying to get in at one time. It was like this crazy waterfall. And then when we tried to talk to the haunted mannequin head, it was just like saying the worst, craziest things to us. And I was like, I have to put this force field back up. Like I can't deal with any of this stuff. How do you remove a force field and put it back up? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I have my own. I think that everybody has their own versions of magic and witchcraft. I think that everybody has their own little personal rituals and stuff. So what I do for me is, I mean, it's just a series of things that I do every day. Like every time I walk into my house, even if I take the garbage out, and this is a learned behavior now over you know, 30 years. If I walk outside to the garage, take a bag of garbage out and then walk back in my house, right as I walk through any door into my house, there's this little idea in my head that says, this is your house. It's just this thing that, and, and I think that when you do that over 30 years, you claim ownership of the home. So I think that's a real powerful thing. A lot of people think about their houses, but they don't realize that like, this is your space. It's your house. You, all of your love is in it, your walls, all your stuff, everything is here. This is your safe spot. And when you really mentally take that in, you start to create, it sort of radiates out into that paranormal world that like, this is a place that you don't belong. Yeah. Someone once inside my house, it was a party and someone said they looked over and 
they saw a ghost. They saw a woman. And I had never experienced that in this house, but it was a party. And I do think that the house holds a lot of a lot of energy, mm-hmm. like we were talking about. I don't doubt for a single second that she didn't see what she saw. Is there is it possible then for people just to stop by, like ghosts oh, yeah. and hang out for a, a, an hour? Like this person wanted to join the party and come to this house that maybe she had some sort of experience in and revisited? Yeah, absolutely. I, one of the things, again, a difficulty with doing paranormal reality shows is, you know, ghosts aren't on cue. They don't show up like when you're you're going to be in a, investigating a location for three days. You know, who knows if a ghost is going to be there? They're not watching their watches or knowing that you're filming a television show. And the, one of the problems becomes if when you die, you retain any of who you are in this reality. Um why wouldn't you want to go to the places that you loved throughout your life? And so I'm going to stop at my grandma's house for a little while. I'm going to stop at that park that I used to go to. I'm going to stop at this place that I go to and just check in on those places. And so somebody might go to a house one time and be like, oh, there's a ghost of a woman in this house. But the woman might have just been stopping by, like you said, because there was a party. When we do investigations, One of the things that we find is that we get the most interactions when we're just talking to each other and when we're just having conversations and then someone peeks in and wants to become part of the conversation like any normal person would want to do. When you go out and search for the ghost, it's almost like, you know, I jokingly say this at my lectures sometimes, the two biggest fears in the world are public speaking and death. And in that order, more people would rather be dead than public speak. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, with a ghost, the death part is already gone. The only fear they have now is public speaking. So you go into a haunted <laughs> location and you're like, talk to us, talk to us, talk to us. And the ghost is like, no, no, I'm out. I don't want anything to do with you. And But I do think that they can be transient and, and wander around. Uh, and that's why, you know, the ghosts that might have been in Brittany's house are just somewhere else now. There was talk amongst myself and friends that when that Brittany perhaps has the gift of the sight could see the future and that the couple was Brittany Murphy and her husband fighting and then the stairs and they both ended up dying. Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to bring up, too, was when you started when I didn't know that she had seen a man and a woman. And when you said that, I was like, oh, so maybe she was catching an echo of the future and seeing Brittany Murphy and her husband in the house. And if she caught an echo of Brittany and her husband, Brittany Murphy and her husband in the house um, and having the ability of kind of second sight and, and future casting, um, did she pick up on beyond them fighting with each other? The fact that they were both going to die in the house. Is that like the fear? Is that why Brittany felt fear is because she saw these two people they were not in a good interaction, but then the emotions that come along with them. I mean, when you see when you see the future, if you're seeing the future, if you're seeing an echo of something that might happen in the future or, or a future possibility, the emotions would transfer too, and they're not coming just from uh, August twelfth or February sixth. Like all of those future emotions are piled on. So not only are you getting them, him, and her, but you're getting her dying the emotion of that him dying the emotion of that and seeing the two of them 
And now she's like, oh, this is terrible. Like whatever is happening here, I can't be here. But it perhaps hadn't happened yet. Question. If you get a feeling and it's of a, a spirit, a ghost, and it's making you uncomfortable, for example, I'm really asking this for my sweet niece. My sweet niece keeps talking about a chef in her bedroom, and she is sure of it. And the specifics are pretty wild, and she doesn't like him. She's like, I don't like the chef. Now, she'll go to sleep in her room, and, and this has been going on now for over a year. And we're convinced it might be a spirit. Is there any way to to clear out that energy or ask the chef to go someplace else or to make peace with the chef? But if we got a little girl in there, you know what I mean? How do we handle that? Yeah, it's interesting because on a lot of paranormal shows, you'll see people who say like, oh, we got rid of the ghost. And then like two weeks later, another show will go there and the ghost is still there. Like you can't really get rid of ghosts. Uh, if no, I'm talking about a collaboration, right? Like, yeah, you, you got to work. Together? You got to work with someone. My first question would be, um, how how old about is your niece? Five. Okay, she's five. Um, so kids are really good. We always talk too in the paranormal community about kids being good indicators because kids haven't learned like what's real and what's not, and so they're very open to this world, and they do things that we might do as adults and we feel silly about, but they absolutely 100% know it's a real thing. Little kids command the weather. Uh, they'll go outside and be like, I want the wind to blow and the wind will blow. Uh, <laughs> or they'll, or they'll talk to dogs and cats and animals and the dogs and cats will talk back. And when we do that as adults, like we don't even realize how silly it is. We just know it works. Like people with dogs will walk home and they'll say, how was your day today? And then look at the dog and then go, Oh, Really? The dog hasn't said anything, but it said something to you. Uh, and so when it comes to ghosts and spirits and paranormal events, we do find that kids are very keyed into seeing what we have trained ourselves not to see anymore. But you can cut deals, it seems. If you make a... Here's one of the other things we talk about. If you make a promise to a ghost, you have to keep it. It has to be sincere and you have to keep it. And so if you say something like, you can stay here but you can't be in my room. You, I, you have to leave me alone. And if you do, um, you, you can stay here and everyone will know you're here. Uh, we'll talk about you in a kind way. And that a lot of the times seems to fulfill whatever need the ghost or spirit or entity, whatever you want to call it has. You just talk to it like a human being. And again, you make a promise that you keep. Uh, I mean, a lot of dealing with ghosts is dealing with humans, right? So they were probably human at one time. And years and years ago, one of my mentors who was um, a psychologist, he used to tell me, you know, if you are going through a bad breakup or if you have an enemy um, or if you have someone that you don't like in your life, the best thing that you can do is honestly hope that person has a great life. Like without any kind of sarcastic comment or critical comment, let that person have a place in your heart and wish them the best life they can possibly have. And 
you release from yourself in doing that, all of your fear and anxiety and all of that energy you're putting toward negative emotions. And with ghosts, it's kind of like that too. You give them a little place in your heart. I'm going to like you. We're going to get along. You can stay here, but these are the rules you have to follow. And the agreements seem to be made and kept. All anyone wants is to feel seen, even in death. Yes. Period. Yes. I had, if I may quickly tell you a ghost story, can I, is that please. all right? Yes, so please. One of the most haunted places uh, in Michigan for a long time, it's not anymore, uh, was this cemetery in Westland, Michigan. And people would see a woman in white standing by this giant gravestone. And I heard about this story growing up. And then when I got into what I was in, I was like, I'm going to research this case. And so I went out to the cemetery in the middle of the day and I found the big tombstone and I was looking around and on the tombstone had the woman's name. Her name was, it said Ella. And then it had, she, she was like 22 when she died. So I went to the history museum and I was like, what happened to this woman? Why is she still in the cemetery? What is going on? And I went back a few more times. The last time I went, perfect ghost story. I walk in and a black cat runs out at me. And I was like, hey, buddy, I was like, you want to show me where the ghosts are? And he ran right over to Ella's grave and he sat down in the grass in front of her grave. And I took a bunch of pictures of him. I went back to the library. I started researching again because I was like, she's here. Something is happening. And in her obituaries, I found them from the turn of the century. Uh, Her name was Eleanor. And in the obituaries, they kept calling her Nora. And I was at a restaurant looking through my photographs of this little black cat in the cemetery with all of this information about her spread out in front of me. And where the black cat was sitting at the base of her tombstone, there was something scratched into the bottom of the tombstone. Like it looked like a child had scratched something into the tombstone with a stone. And so the next day I drove all the way back out to the cemetery and I looked and in the bottom the cemetery was unkept so the grass was long i pulled the grass away from the bottom and scratched into the bottom of the tombstone it said i am nora but she had been buried under ella and i think that she was mad that no one remembered her name and so for years on her birthday because i had it from the obituaries on her birthday i would take her a bouquet of flowers that said to to nora and i would just leave them on her gravestone and after like five years, nobody saw her again. And like you said, it people just want to be remembered. They want someone to know I'm here. I was here. I mattered. And so that's a little ghost story about what you were talking about. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Nora, I oh, <laughs> I feel that right in my heart. That just well, do you know the you know the concept of the three deaths? Have you ever heard that that concept of three deaths? No, so there's this, there's this idea that there are, that human beings have three deaths. Um, the first is when you die. It's the least important of them. It's when your physical body goes away. Big deal. Uh, the things that are important about you aren't physical anyway. Your love, your caring, your kindness, those things are not biological. And so your biology, your first death isn't that important. Um, the second death is when the last remnants of your bones the last remnants of your being have disintegrated into dust and are just gone. Um, And then the third and final death that any human being will have is at some indeterminate point in the future 
when someone speaks your name out loud for the last time, because that will happen. Someone yeah. in the future is going to say your name, and then that'll the last time anyone will ever say your name, meaning you. And as paranormal researchers, we talk about the facts. Like in all, in the back of my book, I always put lists of people who are important to me. Uh, when I walk through graveyards, I, I, I take strolls through graveyards all the time. When I walk through graveyards, I say the names of the tombstones as I walk by them because I don't want people to have that final death. I want years in the future, I want someone to read one of my books and in the back chapter be like, oh, look at so-and-so and they'll say their name. And then we come back to life, at least in that way. John, thank you. I've just walked away with something... I, 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 I'm going to take this with me. This is so, that's so amazing. I've lost, I lost two people who were very dear to me. They were brother and sister within a year of each other, my dearest friends from high school. And I, I just want to say their names all the time. And also to, um, I think that that really, uh, normalizes saying the names of those who are no longer physically here. A lot of times people don't don't want to say the names of people who have passed yeah, and uh, who have died. Um, and I, I'm always like, why? Like, because when I say their names, I'm filled with joy, like Megan Meehan, Kevin Meehan, you know, just it brings me so much joy to say their names. I have never heard that before. And I thank you. I'm so, so glad to have heard that. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm uh, thank you. Thank Thanks. you. I don't think that people will ever stop saying Britney Spears's name. No. Or or no, well, or for a very very long time even after she has passed. Right? It's interesting how f- famous people, I guess, yeah, have that extra longevity i guess in their uh third death it's it's interesting though because you never know i collect uh autographs from old hollywood movie stars from the 30s and 40s and and so the thing is though is like it is important to remember though a lot of the times you know i'll i'll have to call or write uh to like the old actors home in california and no here are these actors that were in major motion pictures from the 1930s and 40s and haven't received a postcard or a letter in 10 years or 15 years. People don't even know they're alive still. And so, I mean, that's the other thing too. Like if you have someone that you think is cool, uh, especially someone who gave out energy to everybody through whether it be music or dancing, art, painting, uh, or film, like, reach out to that person, especially in these last few years uh, when they're close to going away, like give them a moment of, I'm going to remember you. I love this conversation. <laughs> John, I could talk to you forever. I mean, we've, I, I'm glad I, that you're going into a, a somewhat strange place in this podcast. I like that you're exploring all avenues. It's one of the things I challenge people to do all the time. Like, you know, when, when I do lectures, I I'll say like, you know, how many people here believe in ghosts and a whole bunch of people raise their hands and they'll say, how many people here believe in UFOs and a whole bunch of people raise their hands. They'll say, how many people here believe in Bigfoot? And like, no one will raise their hand and they'll laugh. And I'm like, why is one weird idea less weird than any other idea? Like you should diversify your weirdness and just think every avenue that's possible because the universe, if it's ever shown us anything, is that it loves to be strange. 
Like <laughs> we look out and we, if we haven't learned that this year, then I don't know when we'll Absolutely. ever learn that. And I just love talking about fan culture as a whole and, and especially how it's changed over the last, especially 10, 15, 20 years, you know, monoculture is is kind of dead in a lot of ways where it used to be everyone has an opinion on Britney Spears. And, you know, there are very few. Now there's so many, you know, there's Twitch stars and um, all different kinds of an Instagram star. I'll look at someone and they have, you know, 64 million followers. I have no idea who this person is. Right. And underneath it says actor. And I'm like, actor, I, I don't know what, what you've been in. And uh, it's just, it's so interesting to me then to think about when I started my love affair with Britney and thinking how she was a part of the monoculture. And, and then now she is, and yet... It's very different. Like now she's the source of many conspiracy theories or it really the 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 fan culture is all about all of us supporting her and getting out of this conservatorship and it and also how fans fight each other. Like a lot of people who love Britney don't necessarily like what I have to say. And I love it. That's actually when I have the most fun and just thinking of it as a whole, not having fun with someone not liking what I have to say, but I'm just curious about it. People want to be the biggest fan. And I always say too, I'm not a Britney expert. I'm a Britney intuitive. I'm very interested in how she feels, how she was feeling when whatever happened, what was going on in her life and thinking of her as the emotional person. But I can't tell you when she charted, when she didn't, her biggest album sales, I don't know any of that stuff. And yet that doesn't, my experience isn't any less than any other fan. Right. I just love, I I could, I just think it's so interesting how people think about each other too. John, where can people find you? Is there anything that you want to tell us, uh, tell us about that you, that you're working on? Um, So my website is weirdlectures.com. And then all of my social media is just my name, John E.L. Tenney, T-E-N-N-E-Y. And then I have a new podcast that's starting. We're going to drop the first two episodes this week, the week of the 7th. And it's called What's Up Weirdo. And it's just basically me and my friend Jessica talking on the phone to each other. And it's very voyeuristic and inappropriate. John, thank you so much. This conversation has given me a lot to think about, not just in Brittany and her, um, the energy that she carries, or perhaps she has this, you know, gift of sight or echo, as you put it. Um, but also just how to how to honor each other, living and dead, and just to keep saying each other's names. It's really amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Next week, I connect with Jesse, a fellow Britney fan. The Texas teacher turned TikToker and I discussed the pros and cons of the short form app and how it affects fan culture in 2021. We Need to Talk About Britney is an Erios podcast. It is produced by Maria Blasucci with additional and emotional support by Theodore Lee. 
thank you to John C.L. Tenney and Heather Albo for speaking with me. Thanks, guys. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 